I don't know if you were like this. I grew up in a household, my mother in particular, where we were raised, my sister and I, to write thank you notes. Right? Christmas time, birthday time, write thank you notes. Uh, usually like mid-afternoon on Christmas Day, we'd all take turns on the phone. My grandparents would call or my aunt and uncle would call. And, you know, even at like, I can remember at like maybe five, six, seven years old, extremely awkward, not really comfortable on the phone anyway, saying like, um, Aunt Jane and Uncle Bob, thank you for the Superman shrinky dinks. Um, I really, I really love them. Merry, Merry Christmas. Right, so very awkward. Uh, but every year it was the same thing. And after that we had to follow up with thank you notes. And so they were very simple, of course, at five, six, seven. They got a little bit more sophisticated. At my mom's encouragement started to turn into thank you letters. And we began to share more about beyond the gift and, and uh, more about my life and what was happening and asking them about what was happening with them. Um, so that was ingrained for us at a very young age. And I hated it, right? It was almost, at a young age at least, almost total obligation. Felt for, well, it's absolutely forced to do it on the phone. You know, mom would remind us, have you written your thank you note? No, no, I'll get to it today, right? So the end of Christmas break would come, you're getting ready to go back to school, have you written your thank you note? No, I have but finally, finally, I'd get them out. Um, but I hated it. It was an obligation. But an early lesson in recognizing and stepping outside of my, right, for all young children, my narcissistic bubble. A lesson in taking time and energy to express gratitude. It takes time to do that. That's important. And a lesson in acknowledging and honoring the relationship between giver and receiver. And it's a lesson, a lesson much to my mom's delight that has stuck with me all these years. I still try as much as I can. There's even there's a little bit of obligation, but it's still part of my habit. And if you ask Gabe after the service, you'll know that this lesson continues on through him, much to his dismay. Uh, you can picture him at our dining room table being like, oh, Dad, oh, what do I say next? Right? But it continues. So the lesson has stuck, but I confess to you this morning that I don't, I don't think I'm very good at expressing gratitude. I don't know how you are, but I find it extremely easy to give in to the demands of my life, the stress of my life, the, 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 the intensity and overwhelmingness of the world and what's happening in the world, and, and lose sight of the things for which I am grateful. I can very easily take things in my life and, and the world around me for granted. So speaking of letters, we heard Pastor John read for us an excerpt from the epistle to the Colossians, to the church in Colossae, a letter generally um, historically attributed to Paul, though there is some scholarly disagreement about that, no matter to our purposes here. The letter is addressed, as the other epistles are, to a new and struggling Christian community, one in which members had incorporated pagan elements into their practice, including worship of elemental spirits. The letter, as Pastor John indicated, emphatic, emphatically declares Christ's supremacy over all creation and exhorts the community to lead godly, Christ-like lives. And what we heard this morning, we don't get the contrast, right? So, so, so the, the author talks about this transition from the old self to the new self. 
old clothing to new clothing. So let me just read a bit from verse 7 on. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices, and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. Right? So that's the contrast. Which brings us to the excerpt we heard, and the, the positive, right? the new self. As God's chosen, chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. And be thankful. Be thankful. And be thankful. Not just give thanks, but be thankful. You'll recognize the Greek word used here for thankful, eucharistos, from which, of course, we derive the word in English that we use for Holy Communion, the Eucharist, right? As in, Jesus took bread and after giving thanks, eucharisteo, for it, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, eucharisteo. The word Eucharist is a transliteration of the Greek word eucharistia, which is itself a translation of the Hebrew word, bereka. Alicia, did I get that right? Bereka. <laughs> As in, Eloheinu, blessed are you, Lord our God. Be thankful. It brings to mind Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Think about that. Not give thanks for all things, of course, but give thanks in all, in all circumstances. Poet and psychotherapist Ruth Neubauer writes that the opposite of gratitude is... What do you think? Fear. Fear. Self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Oh, we're getting, we're getting to it, right? Right. Uh, she writes that the opposite of gratitude is, is self-absorption, which comes in many forms, guilt, entitlement, manipulating others, never being able to say you're sorry, inability to let go of anger, rumination, fear, anxiety. Gratitude requires an open heart, a clearing of the mind, space. Gratitude requires huge spaciousness. Space. Huge spaciousness. This strikes me in many ways as the essence of the spiritual life. Creating more and more and more space within ourselves, within our spirits, that is, open hearts and clear minds to more fully receive goodness, to receive love, and likewise then to more fully share goodness, 
and share love. Creating that kind of space is a spiritual discipline, and gratitude is its partner discipline. Not just about reactively giving thanks for goodness in our lives, for gifts we receive and experience, but proactively and continually being thankful. Gratitude, expressing gratitude to God, to each other, fundamentally roots us in the present moment, right? I'm not distracted by whatever's happened in the past that I'm thrilled about or that I'm overwhelmed by or ashamed about. I'm not distracted by anxiety or fear about the future. I'm rooted in the present moment when I give thanks. The more space we create, the more gracious we feel and act. The more gracious we feel and act, the more space we create. In this way, gratitude is a pretty good starting point. In fact, it's the, it's the structure of Christian liturgy, right? It's the structure of Jewish liturgy and, and the Abrahamic traditions. Where we begin with praise of God. We begin in that place from which the rest of worship, the rest of liturgy comes, right? Praise and thanks and gratitude is the foundation. Remember the rest of uh, this letter we heard this morning. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. We start every Sunday with gratitude. Maya Angelou writes, Let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer. Hear that. Let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer. And let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Gratitude is more a statement of faith. This is my learning this week in, in preparing for this. A statement of faith than a statement of prosperity. That gets at, I think, the difference between merely giving thanks reactively and being thankful. Gratitude is an act of faith to welcome and see, because we are so often blinded to the goodness in our lives and in the world, and receive the good, including the good that is always there. God, our Creator, has made sure of it. Molded into the world, molded into God's desire for goodness for all of us and for all of creation. And more than that, gratitude is an act of resistance. An act of resistance against all that would close and harden our hearts, clutter our minds, stifle our spirits, condition our love, our compassion, our kindness, our humility, our meekness, our patience. All that would reduce us to self-absorption. Gratitude is hard. At least for me. Some of you know, over the, the course of this summer, Amy and I have moved from just a couple of blocks away from Calvary after 11 years to Lansdowne. We spent most of the summer very, very grateful, speaking of gratitude, Amy's parents' house in Drexel Hill, and just a week ago, moved into an apartment, which was not our plan, uh, moved into a small apartment in Lansdowne so that Gabe could begin school uh, this week, which he did uh, this past week. So it's been a strange summer, 
it's been a, just a weird sort of like what, what's happening. Uh, nothing seems quite right. And I have to say, this past week has been particularly like 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 things have just come to a head. Gabe begins school in this new place where he doesn't know a soul. We're in this new neighborhood where we know a couple of people, but it's foreign. We come back to Cal, we drive through the neighborhood, and we burst into tears because of what we've given up, right? Even as we're excited about this new possibility. We, we, we sort of, in the other Raritan family this week, took turns bursting into tears. Or Gabe, it was the last uh, Friday night at the end of his first four days of school, he just, he just started crying. He didn't know why, right? Amen had her day, I had my day. So in the context of trying to prepare a sermon about gratitude, <laughs> it's been challenging, right, when I'm drying my tears. But that's how it is, right? Gratitude can be hard. There's much, I don't need to tell you, right, there's much in the world, there's much in our lives that threatens to close and harden our hearts, to blind us, to close our eyes to that goodness to occupy that space, that holy, sacred space within us that we need to create more of, to allow space for gratitude and for love. It's easy to get lost in our own pain and struggle, in each other's pain and struggle, in the world's pain and struggle. It's easy for gratitude to give way to bitterness and even permanent bitterness. I want to share a, a kind of extended passage, not just a quote from Anne Lamott, who many of you know is, um, and is one of our favorite authors. Um, she writes about gratitude this way. Many years ago, I wrote that gratitude, not understanding, is the key to joy and equanimity. I think this holds up. Understanding has not proven to be all that useful very often. But gratitude, Thankfulness, that sense of having been helped, saved, seen, enriched by life, a good person, a lucky break, it's magic. When we feel it, or even walk with it for part of every day, gratitude is a magnetic energy that draws people to us. You know what it's like, right, to be around people who, are, who just have that spirit. Beth is somebody who comes to mind in our, our community. Thank you, Beth. Right? The, the gratitude is a magnetic energy that draws people to us because it, it is the most wonderful and attractive of emotions. When you are with someone who has developed the habit of gratitude, right? again, the spiritual discipline, the habit of gratitude, you so want what they have. They are not grasping for more. They are savoring, shaking their heads slightly with the most quiet wonder. Gratitude contains a heightened and amazed realization of how much goodness is marbled into our strange and sometimes hard and annoying lives. This catches us by surprise. As if we are children and a sudden breeze is playing with our spirits, as if with paper planes, lifting us, restoring our sense of buoyancy, where before there was the opposite, the worried, the trudge, endless calculations and scheming. Numbness. Just a little bit more here. Gratitude tugs on our sleeves and says, Wake up! Look around at the kindness that surrounds us. The love we are being shown. The hope that now makes sense. 
Emily Dickinson wrote that hope inspires the good to reveal itself, and we can be taken aback by a sense of amazement at how much someone, or God, has shared with us, or even sacrificed for us, for cranky, secretive, mealy-mouthed, you and me. Appreciation blooms in our heart and our being in the same lives with which we have had so many justified quibbles and complaints. And be thankful. I want to say this isn't, this isn't like what I grew up with at age six and seven. It's not obligatory, right? This is an authentic gratitude, but it is a spiritual discipline, so we have to practice. I think to, to, to be thankful, right, to be gracious means you have to practice. It means you have to, to express gratitude even when you don't feel like it, right, even when it feels like obligation, because it helps to create space within ourselves. And it's not relative or rose-colored, it's not the, the, the well, I'm grateful because, you know, it, it could be worse, right, there are other, other folks that are suffering in a way that I, like, that's nonsense, right, we have to own our own pain, that's real, it matters, part of what we share in community together, right? But, it, but, it, but it's, it's, it's both. It's that balancing of both gratitude and acknowledging our, our very real suffering, pain, and struggle. Gratitude, like all spiritual gifts, must be nurtured in community, right? It's hard, and so we need each other. The same way we, we share, we need uh, this community to share our burdens, we need each other to cultivate gratitude, to share gratitude, to keep our hearts open and soft, to keep our minds clear, to keep our spirits alive. The more gracious we feel, the more gracious we act, and around and around we go. i read just a little bit more from Anne Lamont here. Wow, you think, what's the catch, as she's written, as I just read. No catch, no other shoe to drop. God has only one shoe. However, if you want to hold on to this warm feeling, you have to give it away by passing it along to others. This is Sunday school, people, right? This is Sunday school. If you want to have grateful, loving feelings, which is what heaven is like, you need to do loving things and help others experience life's capacity for goodness and maybe even grace. And so we are grateful for this community called Calvary, this place where we intend for all to mean all. We are grateful for all those who continue to help shape this community into what it is. We are grateful for all those who have gone before us, the Calvary saints who have helped shape this community into what it is, Ron Barrett, Beth Shoel, Pam Sherrills, Kathy Jones, Olive and Henry Whitehead, and others, and of course, our brother Ed, whose legacy and extremely gracious spirit we remember and celebrate this afternoon. And we are grateful, this isn't a service about Pastor John, right? That's not what liturgy is about, but we are grateful today for you, Pastor John, PJ for journeying with us these past 10 years, individually, collectively, for continually calling us to attention, to pay attention, 
to open and soft-heartedness, to clear-mindedness, to a deeper commitment to justice and peace, to compassion and humility and meekness and patience, for holding us, as the Quakers say, in the light. We are grateful. And so as we move through the rest of this day and into the rhythm of our daily lives with all of its distractions, and into a world marked by unspeakable joy and wonder and goodness, and at the same time profound pain and brokenness and injustice, may we just try to start as much as we can by giving thanks. And may it be so. Amen.